No longer a prospect I'm what you call a veteran Legend man, I'm a prophet uh, You ain't no artist You what I would call a concept Made to inspire gossip Like shade room or like bossip Welcome to the Grammys Where your likeness get used For promo hypeness and views Okay, I hope that you knowin' That if you voted You might as well And not voted for no one They knew when they made that category Where that trophy was going. All this industry shit is There ain't no middle class Raise your glass Here's the classism Either you a rich ass nigga Or you's a bum There ain't no in between Send and sell they souls Angels held their halos and their wings I had dreams of fucking a R&B chick Then I found out that R&B chick Already had a dick Already slept with your favorite rapper Aren't we sick? You start as an artist and turn to alcoholic and quick This shit is Man, I wish I would let a nerd work it in the scope And a coat by Kenneth Cole Consult me about my image, bro I'm the best rapper out this bitch Except the only catch is that I'm in this hole Oh, they so dumb Welcome to the Hood Loves Me Podcast. So I'm your gracious host, Mitchell Brown. So glad to be here. Thank you for joining me on this wonderful day that you choose to listen to this podcast that we created specifically for you. Yes, you. You, the individual. You that are listening to this podcast right now. This is custom tailor fit this is a bespoke podcast for you nigga that's right that's right we did it we did that right y'all hear that dumb came in with that dumb because it's been a lot of it's been a lot of dumbness (laughs) a lot of it's been a lot of dumbness that's been going on uh uh these past couple of I, I guess months it's it's been like a slow crescendo almost right where you thought that the dumb wasn't going to hit you but then it does and what i mean by that is right all of the, all of us live somewhere well you know what i don't know if all of us do right shout out to everybody that's in atlanta that's listening to this podcast you guys are special it is a special place to be with your when when uh uh you're in that city um i don't know if they lying with the covid test or whatever but covid jumping everywhere but atlanta and atlanta is jumping like nowhere else in the country nowhere else so shout out to everybody that's listening to this podcast that's in Atlanta. Um, please be safe, Atlanta. Please, please be safe. Um, but man, let's let's uh, 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 let's let let's get some 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 fun stuff out the way, right? Um, I I just want to say that Snoop Dogg is. I mean, legend isn't even the word, right? But where where are we putting Snoop Dogg on most entertaining person list? We're, he has to be extremely high on the most entertaining person list. 
and it's 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 going to be it's going to be intriguing to see where and how we talk about Snoop when uh uh Snoop is no longer with us because of the trajectory of of the character arc of Snoop, right? We learned about Snoop 92, 93, maybe 91, right? With G-Thang, him and him and Dr. Dre and then, uh, uh, you know, Snoop had arguably one of the, the greatest solo albums. I mean, one of the greatest albums in hip-hop history. Um, was a major figure on one of the uh, most dominant record labels in hip-hop history. Um, went on to have one of the biggest rebrands and transformations in, I mean, television history and, you know, entertainment history um, at a time when marijuana was, I mean, still kind of frowned upon, but not like it was in 01, right? Snoop has always maintained himself. He's always been who he was, always put on for the shit that he's always put on with or put on for rather. Um, there's even rumors that Snoop smoked weed in the White House. L- what's what's the performance? What what's what's it like with that? Uh, and if you if for those of you that that don't know, Snoop Dogg um, was a guest commentator on um, that that Roy Jones Mike Tyson pay per view. Um, as well as one of the performers. And it was a pretty good, it was a pretty neat showcase, I guess, right? Um, I, I caught it uh, during the Badu Jack fight. Um, when Badu Jack was fighting that white dude, that white dude that was in the military, and he was whipping that white dude's ass, and that white dude was tough as hell. I don't, I don't remember his name. But uh, shout out to both those men. Um, from what I understand, uh, French Montana performed, Wiz Khalifa performed, um, YG performed. Shout out to YG. I mean, homie was gang banging on bacon. That nigga was banging on the pay-per-view joint. Um, St. John performed. Shout out to St. John. Uh, and of course, Snoop. You know what I mean? Like, just like I said, you know, like previously. Um, I'm curious to know what changes for a performer, um, how much does it hinder someone's performance that they don't have a crowd there? Because that matters to me, at least. I mean, I mean, that would matter, right? If, if you're in a giant room performing and there's nobody in front of you, um, you know, you gotta, you, you gotta keep that energy going. You, you, you gotta keep it pumping for the, for the, for the hype, for the millions of hypothetical motherfuckers that may or may not be watching. Um, you know, the performances are what the performances are, you know, people critique them however they critique them. I thought that they were dope. I thought that they were cool. Um, I thought that it was something that, uh, uh, 
it was really good for the television audience. And we're seeing just how much people are investing in these television productions during this pandemic, right? Having these sporting events without any fans, live fans, without any crowds. Um, how they're they're trying to keep the how how they're trying to fight for the attention of our eyeballs. And I say just just get Snoop. Just, just get Snoop. Yo, they had Snoop out there. Snoop Snoop was out there calling. He 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 called the Nate Robinson and uh I, I think Logan Paul. I don't remember the guy's name. Um the 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 Nate Robinson fight and um I'm I just want to know why didn't Nate Robinson listen to his coach? There's no way that that what Nate Robinson did in the ring is what they they trained on, right? Like like you know they they were talking about how Nate Robinson trained so long for this fight and how he he's been training for this fight and listen I'm not training for a fight and I would not have fought uh that Paul dude the way Nate Robinson chose to I would not have gone about it that that would not have been my strategy. Um. Nor should it be anybody's strategy to play defense with your face. Um, Nate, Nate Robinson. I mean, I I don't, I I I don't know what to say about Nate that ain't already been said. Um, I and I can't say that Nate should feel bad or should be embarrassed, uh, because you know he did shit that a, a lot of people can't do. A lot of people will never do. Right. Most of the people that are joking about Nate Robinson. Um, can never and will never do what he did. They don't have the balls to. But goddamn, Nate, what was that, bro? What, I like. What, I don't. I was curious to know what his strategy was, and maybe we'll hear from Nate. If I'm Nate, you won't. Um, and you know, p- people are saying that Nate Robinson will never live this out. If you don't know what I'm talking about, yo, I mean, it's all over. The, it's all over these internet streets but uh nate robinson and and some youtube guy uh i think i think it's logan paul i don't really give a shit to look up the guy's name um they were going back and forth uh commenting on each other's instagram you know just just some 2020 shit talking and they decided you know what let's lace them up whatever we're gonna get in the ring and we're gonna make this happen and um, they laced it up. They got in the ring, and one guy made it happen. And Nate Robinson had it happen to him, um, in a most uh, hilarious way. Um, it, it it appears that both gentlemen are healthy today. Um, that they will be healthy going forward. Uh, I believe they 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 both were paid uh like six hundred grand or something like that. It was. I mean, pr- probably the hardest 600 grand that Nate Robinson ever earned. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't, under- I don't understand. I don't understand. But I don't, I, 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 yeah, I don't know. I don't know what he was trying to do. If he was just trying to get up out of there. Um, but after this, right, Snoop's performing, and as Snoop is, you know, he's smoking, smoking weed while he's performing, and. He's smoking weed and then he starts rapping and, and, you know, you you can kind of tell the difference between like a live microphone and someone that's lip syncing when you hear their performance, especially when you hear their performance in an arena with no fans. 
So they don't have to talk over the people that scream and they don't have to talk over, you know, you know, just the background noise that you get from an actual live performance. And you hear Snoop's breath control while he's rapping and dancing and performing and smoking. And you're like, hmm. I don't believe that this nigga smoke weed every day. Doing that kind of shit. Don't believe it. Can't believe it. Won't believe it. It just, it, it, I just, just don't make sense. Right? It just don't make sense that Snoop is, is, is doing it. If he smokes how he, you know, it's believed that he smokes. Or that nigga could just be a genius. I don't know. He could be an entertainment genius because, you know, what I'm saying he 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 called the fight with, with Nate Robinson or whatever, you know, gave us a hilarious, hilarious commentary. Performed in between that fight and the main event. Then got back on the commentary booth in the commentary booth, rather. And called all eight rounds of the Tyson Roy Jones fight, which ended in a draw, by the way. And shout out to Roy Jones for fighting Mike Tyson the way we would all fight Mike Tyson if we're wearing boxing gloves. Nigga, I'm going to I'm going to throw a jab and grab you. I'm going to throw half a jab and grab you. I'm not going to throw any punches and I'm going to grab you. Like even a 54 year old (laughs) mature, medicated, subdued cordial Mike Tyson still looks like a fearsome violent motherfucker it's like he still looks like a menacing just I mean I I, I'm on on your side Mike you know what I'm saying like I don't want I don't want no problems with Mike and I mean even even after the fight you know they asked Mike Tyson yo I'm trying to get back in there and do it again because you know he's a crazy person Roy Jones is like, yeah, nah, I'm going to go home and talk to my family um, and see what my family got to say. Kudos to Roy Jones putting it off on his family and not, you know, saying, nah, I'm not getting back in this motherfucker ever again with this nigga because, uh, yeah, nah, that shit hurts. And, you know, Roy is a is a is a top notch. I mean, he's a Hall of Famer. Right. And I mean, I mean, like like he's the kind of Hall of Famer where. You know he's he's the he's he's the first ballot of the Hall of Famers, right? Like Roy Jones is easily, you know, one of the best boxers of his era. Easily, right? I mean, I mean that doesn't even do it justice. Me me saying he's one of the best of his era is no, right? Um, so he can't say, hey, nah, listen, I don't really want to do this shit. But you know, you know, what I'm saying when you come from that kind of pedigree, you, when you got that that fighter spirit, that warrior spirit that, that these pugilists have. You can't say, hey, nah, I don't want to fight this nigga. But Roy, I get it, bro. I get it. I wouldn't want to, I don't want to fight this nigga. I don't want to fight that nigga either. Let alone fight the nigga at 50. And that's, and you know what I'm saying? That, I, I think that, I don't want to say it gets missed because it's it's, you know, one of the selling points. But I think people don't realize that. I don't, I don't think they know what that means in terms of 
physical competition. Roy is 51. Mike is 54. We asking these niggas to fight. Like, it's extremely difficult to fight somebody else for two minutes. Like, we'll watch these fight videos or whatever, World Star, whatever, you know what I'm saying? Niggas get knocked out on YouTube and all that. They, them fights, they don't be for, you know, Mike Tyson and Roy Jones fought for 16 minutes. But them shits on YouTube and all that, they don't be like, like, it don't be that kind of. It don't it like it might be one nigga that got a little bit more skills than that, but it ain't two highly skilled people. Which, by the way, for all intents and purposes, it appears that most people feel like Roy Jones is the more skilled fighter. Which uh, most people don't know shit about boxing. Tyson is the more skilled fighter. Roy Jones just has the uh, uh, fight style that we relate to skill. Um, a lot of people were surprised that. Uh, uh, these gentlemen were close to the same height. Um, of course, at this age, they'll, they'll be close to the same weight. M- Mike Tyson, who was in excellent shape, uh, lost weight. Uh, it, he said he lost 100 pounds for this fight. Not sure if he lost it for this fight or if he just had to lose 100 pounds, you know what I'm saying, to get into some semblance of fight shape. Um, but Tyson's fight style was created for a small man to fight much larger men. So he needed... Uh, uh, that footwork, that foot speed, that head movement. He needed to attack at different angles. Um, oftentimes, he wasn't the 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 uh, uh, the um, m- most physically talented person in the ring. Unlike Roy Jones, when most of the times when Roy Jones got in the ring, he was the best athlete. He was the most he was the most physically talented person in that ring. You, I, you can't say that w- with Mike. Right. I mean, that's why there aren't too many uh, uh, five, nine niggas fighting that heavyweight. Right. Like Mike was Mike is special. Not was Mike is special in, in that respect. Right. So. So um, still shout out to these men for getting in. I mean, just just for doing it. It was a great event. It was hella. It was it was like fun to watch, but it was fun because of Snoop. I I. I I, I can't say that enough. It was fun because of Snoop. And for all of the things that Snoop Dogg is great at, for all of the things that Snoop Dogg has done in his career, none of us give a shit that Snoop Dogg has won a Grammy or not. Right? None of us care whether or not Snoop has won a Grammy. None of us care about any of the awards that Snoop has won. So when, you know, we go through the week that we just went through and... Everybody's like, yo, like, uh, uh, they snub so and so for the Grammy. They snub, like, we still talk about this. We still doing this. Every year we do this. Every year we talk about how somebody got snubbed, how somebody didn't get this, how the Grammys don't know that, and how every year we do this. Every year for the past, uh, I want to say two years I've been doing, maybe three. I think we're, doing, I think we're doing it three years. Three years, 2020, 2017, maybe three years. Why is maybe three years that we've been doing this podcast? Shout out to the Hood Loves Me. Shout out to the Hood Loves Me, man. Shout out to the Hood Loves Me clan. Everybody listen to this podcast. It's been three years. Um, but we come in here and we talk about how these award shows, these award shows don't matter, let alone the Grammys. And I mean, if we're talking about Grammys in rap or Grammys in hip hop, it's been it's been long documented snubbing for, I mean, yo, listen, Nas is nominated this year. Nas never won a Grammy, right? Nas might win it this year. And it'll be like Leo when he won for The Revenant. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, he got overlooked for Titanic. Yeah, he got overlooked for uh, 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 Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah, he got overlooked for, um, uh, uh, what was it, where uh, there was the Dream Jockeys, uh, Inception, for the Aviator, right? Yeah, yeah, he got, yep, yep, for Gangs in New York, yep, he hit it, yep. Those may have been better performances than The Revenant, but they were going to give it to him for The Revenant. And then what, we're going to say that the Oscars matter? Right? I, I think that it's different for music than it is for movies because um, independent films can't really compete with the budget that these full-length kind of motion pictures that these film studios can create. Right. Where an independent artist, um, you know, uh, uh, like independent music artist, rapper, singer, whatever, um, they could compete musically with. Right. Like like uh, uh, you can't say that. Um, uh, that Meg the Stallion and I'm here to pick on Megan. You can't say that Meg's project is better than Victory Lap. I, I haven't even listened to Meg's project, but you can't say it's better than Victory Lap. There hasn't been a project since Victory Lap came out that has been better than Victory Lap. Um, and I don't think the Victory Lap won a Grammy. I'm, I'm, I mean, it could have. I'm not sure. Don't quote me. I don't know shit about boxing. But I mean, we look at these categories, and or or and I'm I'm just gonna go with uh, the the best rap album, right? We got D Smoke. D Smoke is that dude from that Netflix show? That right there, I mean, come on, we can't, right? Um, Alfredo, I still listen to Alfredo. Shout out to Gibbs. A Written Testimony, I don't even think that was the best project that Jay Electronica put out this year. Uh, King's Disease, shout out to Nas. And <laughs> the Allegory by Royce 59. Great, great projects. I, I think three of those. Um, that were nominated are excellent projects. Now, if these are the best albums, right, how come the best songs are the Lil Baby song, the Roddy Rich song, Drake song, The Baby, not Lil Baby, and Make the Stallion? Right? I don't, I mean, you would think that one of Right. And then we got best melodic performance. Now, I don't know what it, it says for a solo or collaborative performance containing both elements of R&B melodies and rap. All right. We got uh, we got Rockstar, um, which was best rap song, as well as best melodic rap performance. Um, Laugh Now, Cry Later, Drake, which was the Drake joint again. Lockdown by Anderson Pack. Now, let me tell you. Anderson Pack is not a rapper. Anderson Pack might rap. Anderson Pack ain't a rapper. Right? Just like, you know, like Andre 3000 might sing. Andre 3000 is not a singer. That's not what he does. Andre 3000 is hip hop. Right? Anderson could be hip hop. For sure. I fucked with Anderson. Anderson is great. Anderson ain't rapping, though. Right? Um, we got The Box by Roddy Rich. We got Travis Scott, highest in the room. Okay? Um, in terms of best rap performance, I don't know what this is, but we got Deep Reverence, Big Sean, 
uh, Bop by the Baby was popping. Jack Harlow, The Bigger Picture by Lil Baby Savage, Beyonce, I mean, excuse me, Meg The Stallion, featuring Beyonce and Dior by Pop Smoke. Listen, I don't know. I don't care. I don't know who's going to win any of this shit. I don't know. Right? But I mean, yo, the Grammy snubs are the Grammy snubs. I mean, it's just, it's the Grammy snubs. I don't know what it's, what it is. I, I can't, I mean, sorry. Right? We did an episode about um, um, about Rhapsody. I think her name is in the yeah the uh, give Rhapsody her flowers episode. I think that was the last time we were talking Grammy snubs, because Rhapsody got snubbed. She didn't get snubbed for Layla's Wisdom. She got snubbed for Eve, and I I felt I still feel that Eve is one of the most creative, impactful you know like like dedications to Black women. I mean maybe maybe women in general, um, ever in hip hop. I don't think there's ever been a project in hip hop that was geared towards the celebration of black women like Eve. The album, not Eve the rapper, right? The Rhapsody album. I don't I don't think there was ever I don't think there's ever been and if and I would love for somebody to to like check me on on that, but I mean you might have songs that might have done more for women, right? Like the like Queen Latifah, like you know what I'm saying, like you and I T Y, you know, like keep your head up, um, but not whole projects. And 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 I'm calling it a project because this this Meg Thee Stallion album is being sold as her debut album, but I mean I don't. What was the other three shits? You know what I'm saying? But for for how much y'all tell us that we need to listen to Meg and support Meg, her albums, I, I like she debuted at at number two on Billboard, and that shouldn't have been that shit. She shouldn't have did that. She shouldn't have been number two, right? Meg should be doing she should be doing numbers, crazy numbers. Now I'm I don't really listen to Meg because I can't be out here bumping her shit. That ain't she not making them songs for me. And it, it, you could call it whatever you want to call it. Um, but you know, just like uh, I I wasn't bumping around, I wasn't driving around bumping. I could love you better than she can when Lil Kim was out. Like I, you know what I'm saying? Right hand high for you because of you. I've inherited a million. Playing Good Samaritan in the Sheridan. I wasn't. That wasn't my. That wasn't my bag. It wasn't what I was doing. I, I wasn't. I wasn't. You know, what I'm saying, bumping fucking uh 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 fucking Porgy uh Porgy Georgie. Kiss the girls and make them cry. To I wasn't. I wasn't. That wasn't my bag. I wasn't doing that. I wasn't bump pumping. You don't know nah, bitch, and bend the grams, and I spend fuck about five six best friends. You don't know nah, ho. I wasn't. That wasn't my. That wasn't my thing. Right, but that's supposed to be y'all's thing, and y'all know who I'm talking. About. That's supposed to be y'all's thing, and I feel like that if that's supposed to be y'all's thing, and if y'all is bumping the way y'all say y'all bumping, Meg should be doing better. Hey, I feel bad for Meg, man. Now, you know what I'm saying her her supposed homegirl out here making this record. I ain't even know she rapped. I feel bad for Meg, man. Meg gotta feel pretty lonely. She probably don't know who to trust, man, and she's a young woman. Right, but we don't really, we don't really, I mean, we don't really care if we're being real. 
right? Like, like we care on some performance level shit. And, and, and I don't think that that became more apparent about caring on some surface level shit than what happened recently, uh, to, you know, Kevin Hart. Um, now let me start by saying that, uh, this clubhouse app is a real, um, it, it, it could potentially be a really big tool for a lot of people. Um, and whenever you have something that could change the landscape, that could change how we interact, we got people that use it for good, people that use it for bad, right? I mean, I mean, you know, you 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 can see the documentaries on Netflix about the social network, uh, Facebook and and fucking Instagram and all of that, right? Like, you you can see that. Um, so Kevin Hart was on Clubhouse. Now Kevin Hart goes in a room called Kevin Hart isn't funny. Right now, I've seen this room, but I just kind of like skipped over it. I wasn't, you know, I don't, I don't use my clubhouse experience for that, like that. And just because I don't find Kevin Hart to be funny, that don't mean I'm, I know shit about boxing, right? I mean, somebody finds Kevin Hart funny, the, the nigga did a comedy special in his house. You know what I'm saying? Somebody thinks that Kevin Hart is funny. He's sold out stadiums, football stadiums, multiple times. Um, if I if if I don't particularly enjoy one of Kevin Hart's comedy specials, I'm not going to say that the nigga's not funny just because I don't like his work. Okay, um, but I'm also not going to go into a room that's titled "The Hood Loves Me" podcast sucks. I'm not going into that room. I'm not going into that room. Say, hey. Uh, fucking Mitchell Brown is a piece of shit. He's an asshole. We hate him. I'm not going in that room. That's just not when I, you know what I'm saying? I don't, I mean, I'm not even watching, uh, 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 like if, um, when they see us came on television, like tomorrow, I'm not even watching that shit. Cause I'm not, that's sad. I'm not signing up for that. You know what I'm saying? So Kevin Hart comes in the room and, and it's, Performative outrage. Right. People have people um, have have issues with the the joke he made about his daughter being a hoe. And if you listen to the joke about his daughter being a hoe, it's hella tame. All of Kevin Hart's comedy is hella tame. Right. Like his like him calling his daughter a hoe wasn't even on no serious hoe shit. Right. Not like on some like Lawrence Fishburne's daughter is a hoe type shit. You know what I'm saying? Not even on some shit like that. Um, and again, it was the way Kevin Hart worded the joke. It was a joke. Now, I'm not sure about what ensued after that, but it seemed to be, you know, something that affected a lot of people after that. And I'm not sure. I'm not sure why we care. B, I'm not sure we really care. And this is something that a lot of people, particularly younger people, and um, I guess coming to grips with the fact that I'm not a young person anymore in my life. One of the glaring signals 
in my world that proved to me that I am no longer a young person is I know I don't give a fuck about what you guys have to say. And that's, I mean, good, bad, take it how you want. I don't give a fuck about what you guys have to say. Um, I think that a lot of your complaints are shallow and surface. And I think that, I think that y'all don't really know what the fuck y'all talking about. And I'll give you some examples. Um, there are, there, there are women out here that hate men, but love dick. And they resent men because men don't do what they want. Right. There's, uh, uh, I mean, we always see random conversations floating around our timeline, people making themselves look foolish. And I don't even want to say foolish. They just make themselves look young. Right. So dudes, dudes complain about Meg Thee Stallion and, and, uh, those JT women. I mean, those, uh, like city girl women. I believe one of them is JT. Who, who is the one with the nice breasts? Yeah, she. Yeah, she. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't know. I don't know which one it was, but she. She looked nice. Um. Lost my train of thought, man. I was saying, all you gotta do is roll some titties in front of a nigga face. You forget all the intellectual shit he's about to talk about. You know what I mean? Um. But, but uh, you know, dudes, dudes critique this style of music that, quite frankly, women have been making in hip hop for like twenty five years. Right. It's been, I mean, aside from like the gangster shit, the, the gangster chick phase. Right. Uh, you know what I'm saying? I rock rough and stuff. But what was like uh, rage? What was later? Rage? What was that? 94, 95. It's been, I mean, like Lil' Kim and Foxy was what, 96, 97. Right, it's it's been uh, chicks have been talking reckless about getting money from you niggas, getting a pussy ate by you niggas, and getting you niggas the fuck on with y'all day. Women have been talking about that shit for like twenty years, and all of the dudes that had the little Kim poster in their locker now is up here talking about, oh man, I don't want my, what I'm, how I'm explaining to my kids about Meg Thee Stallion, about Cardi B, about, and that's like, nigga, shut the fuck up, nigga, you sound like a bitch. How you gonna explain to your kids about, so, nigga, why your kids listening to Cardi B? She don't make music for your kids, nigga. Oh man, my daughter gonna be a hoe. No, nigga, your daughter's gonna be a hoe because you're a bad parent. <laughs> like, not, not because of Megan. Not because of, that, your daughter's gonna be a hoe because of you, bro. Right, your son's gonna be a hoe because of you, bro. Not because of these women that work in the entertainment field. Because l- let me tell you, um, these women aren't even the most. I mean, Meg is hella talented as a rapper. I mean, I don't think anybody will come out and say Cardi B is is you know a great rapper. Um, but the great rappers that are women, they're not getting. I mean, Rhapsody's an, a phenomenal rapper. As, as as a woman, she like she don't get half the, I mean, n- none of it, right? 
this it's hard for it's hard for me to take y'all seriously. You feel what I'm saying? Like it's hard for me to care about y'all's complaints about Kevin Hart calling his daughter a hoe. When I ain't heard Kevin Hart's daughter complain about Kevin Hart calling his daughter a hoe. And I mean, you know, hey, listen, I, I don't know the kind of agency that this young woman has in her household or whatever, but I'm pretty sure he ran it past his family before, you know, the Netflix people got a hold of it. But I, I, I just think that people need to understand that, like, you know, life is hard for everybody. Pre, Pre-COVID, life was hard. Right. Life is I mean, I mean, life is so hard. You could do everything right. And still lose and still fuck it up. You, you know what I'm saying? So. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I like like I don't I don't know, because there's a, there's a lot of people that's running around clubhouse, these clubhouse rooms. And, and you know, they're, they're throwing around. It's like, oh, man, we need to, you know, have safe spaces for. Black women. And let me tell you, if you're looking for a safe space for a woman on the internet, it ain't happening. Like, if you're looking for a place on the internet where a dude won't tell a woman to shut the fuck up, bitch, it ain't happening. You're not getting that. Ever. Not if you want free speech. Not if if you want the internet to be free. You're not going to get that. And yeah, and that sucks. That's shitty. That that as it's absolutely shitty, but it's America. It's it's just you know I mean we have uh, Jamel Hill and fucking Carrie Champion and uh, uh, Sarah Spain and you know all of these women that work on television and work in sports and and you know they'll read their DMs or their you know uh, uh, fucking t- Twitter replies their emails and and you know it's it's you know you dirty bitch i i hope you died get raped in a sewer cunt like it's all vile bullshit like that (laughs) because motherfuckers is pussy like it's easy to be tough and and loud and shit like on twitter behind your phone or some avatar you made up or even on clubhouse it's easy to do that shit there's no there's no way to escape that shit. You know what I'm saying? Um and like all of this safe space talk kind of kind of puts up just false uh false ideas of equality. False ideas of togetherness, false ideas of inclusion. Um and it's on men and women, right? Like it's it's a it's a false idea of love that and support that, you know, we we give to a woman like Meg The Stallion. Because if we really supported her as much as we say we do, I'm talking about we as a collective, not just y'all. I was talking about y'all earlier. But we in a collective, um, she'd be doing better. Right? She'd be doing better. You know what I'm saying? So now, right, we're coming off of, of a weekend where we had a, a um, what, was, what, what was the girl's name? Set, excuse me. Um, Sarah Fuller makes history, uh, being the first woman to play in a power five football game, um, when she delivered the opening kickoff 
for Vanderbilt against Missouri. Now, Fuller is a senior goalkeeper on uh, Vanderbilt's SEC Championship soccer team. Um, Let me just kind of add this in for uh, people that aren't versed um, in sports as deeply as I am. Vanderbilt is um, a smart school that plays in a football conference. So Vanderbilt never does well on the football field because uh, they have standards academically that they have to meet that other schools in their conference don't. So it's it's very difficult to recruit the top level talent um, because the top level talent is not the the top level talent on the field is not always the top level talent in the classroom. Um, So. Coach Derek Mason. Uh, chooses to substitute in Sarah Fuller to kick off the the uh, uh, the second half to take away from the fact that his team is getting their ass whipped. Um, this was a this was a great story. This was an uplifting story, um, but it buries the lead that Vanderbilt lost forty one nothing in this game. Right. So like that false equality kind of thing. Like yeah, we getting like if. If it was not that lopsided of a score, if it was uh, uh, 17 to 14 at half, Sarah ain't kicking shit. Now, let's go with this, right? Let's say that we have a space where, um, especially in tackle football, we have these women playing. And I mean like these women playing, right? Like, I don't mean like these new women. I'm not, you know, your traditional woman, not your modern woman, right? I'm talking about that. Your non-trans woman, right? This, you know, a regular woman. Um, is we going to be cool when Sarah get hit? Like, is, is that how we going to be? Or, or like, are, or, or are people going to want us, want, want niggas to take it easy when they hit Sarah? Right, because I mean, kickoff is one of the m- more potentially violent plays in the sport. We gonna be cool if s- somebody peels off a crackback, a uh, crackback block, and and Sarah's the victim. Is we gonna be cool with that, or are we still gonna feel like women can do all the things that men can do? Cause I I'm I'm with you in theory. It's the application part that I feel like eh, we need to be careful, right? And I think that if we really if we really were here for the equality, we would celebrate the women that are already I mean dominating. Doing phenomenal, outstanding, incredible feats. Right? I mean, listen, post Tiger Woods and Shaquille O'Neal, the most dominant American athlete, and much of the dominance was during Shaquille O'Neal's and Tiger Woods' dominance as well, um, was Serena Williams. And for all intents and purposes, Serena Williams, when it's all said and done, be the number one tennis player in the world, ever. I mean, you know, the number one female player ever. 
But she don't make she's not paid, she's not the highest paid tennis player ever. I, there are women that she dominates that get paid more than her. Right? Other than I mean I mean post Serena Williams dominance today, currently, the most dominant American athlete is Simone Biles. I and I'm sure Simone Biles' bills are paid. But she's drastically underpaid. Wherever she is on the Forbes list, she ain't high enough. Now, if these women look differently, if Serena looked like, if Serena Williams looked like Brett Favre, she'd be the most famous American woman, the most highest paid American woman, I mean, in the, in the world, athletically. But she's not, for whatever reason. Right? I'm not here to talk about that. I'm just here to say we need to be careful um, getting, these, getting these young girls on a football field. We just need to be careful with that. We have issues about how these colleges and these universities handle women in their student body that have their rights violated by other people in their student body. We can't even handle that. Like, let's not put these women in in any more harm than we have to, especially when we've proven the inability to protect them in other assets, in other aspects of their scholastic journey. You feel what I'm saying? If you can't protect the woman in her dorm room that you assign her to live in from people that she goes to school with, you can't protect her on the football field against opposing teams. You feel me? And um, I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to go too much in depth about that. Um, should we talk about the undoing? I, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna talk about the undoing next week. I'm, I'm gonna talk about the undoing next week. Um, but watch the undoing. That shit is trippy. Um. Oh, man, it slipped my mind. But before I forget, shout out to Tiffany Hawkins and Alan Boomer. Um, You guys might remember my friend Tiffany from the Quiet Money episode. Her and her business partner, Alan Boomer, um, they run an advisory firm, um, Momentum Advisors. Shout out to the Momentum Advisors. Um, And they have a podcast. And I believe they're three, four episodes in on their podcast. And their podcast is dope. Uh, Strictly dedicated towards finance. Um, the Momentum Advisors, check out their podcast. I'm going to try to uh, schedule a chance for us to talk together. Hopefully I can have these wonderful people as guests on our podcast um, and we can talk about finance. Well, they can since I am contractu- contractually uh, uh, prohibited um, from doing that here. I still think that's important and I would love for somebody else to do that. Um, so again, shout out Tiff, shout out to Boomer, shout out to the Momentum Advisors. Um, where we at? Where we at? Where we at? Oof. Hey, listen, listen, and this is a serious question. This is a serious, serious question. Y'all taking that vaccine? 
No, no, no. Are y'all are y'all taking that vaccine? Because I, I see a lot of people. They're like, oh man, you know, you know, you know, uh, uh, twenty twenty. What a year! I can't wait for this year to be over. It's gonna be. And I'm like, yeah, the year, I mean, it might be a different year, right? We're definitely uh, uh, creeping up on 2021. Um, But the year is going to be the year, bro. Right? It ain't like coronavirus is going to say, oh, man, damn, boy, we had, hey, we had a hell of a year, man. All right, I'm about about to take it on in the house. Give me a six-pack, man. Call it a night. It ain't happening. It's just not. You feel what I'm saying? So, we got these companies, and they're putting out these vaccines, right? And everybody's like, yo, am I going to take it? Am I going to If it's safe, we'll take it if it's safe. And, you know, now there are competing vaccines, and everybody's like, oh, well, well, which one is best? Now, let me be clear. I don't know, right? But but there's um, a website called uh, the American Council on Science and Health. Um, ACSH.org and they put out an article Alex Berzow um, and he talks about the Pfizer, the Moderna as well as the AstraZeneca vaccine All right, puts out a, a chart it has Pfizer in one column, Moderna is another column AstraZeneca is in another column the technology, the efficacy the storage temperature, shelf life, price per dose for profit doses by the end of 2020 estimated Right. Their own stats. And, and you could you could check it here. All right. Um, ACSH dot org. So here we go. The technology. Right. Both Pfizer and Moderna are using experimental technology that it employs mRNA. Now, if you slept through um, human biology in school. Right. Um, the, the, the protein compounds that make up our genetics, our genetic makeup. On a molecular level, right? DNA, uh, deoxyribonucleic acid, and RNA. Don't ask me what RNA means. Um, Maybe it's ribonucleic? I don't know. Right? Um, But this technology employs mRNA, messenger RNA. All right? So, Alex says there is no current vaccine on the market that uses mRNA. So, these vaccines are world first. What could possibly go wrong? What could go wrong? (laughs) Right. What could go wrong with a vaccine using experimental technology that will literally change how your body reads proteins, probably for the rest of your body's physical existence, and which might which quite possibly may allow you to pass down different genetic markers to your family. That ain't even here yet. Even though it's a 95 percent effective vaccine the Pfizer one has to be stored at negative 94 degrees Fahrenheit has a shelf life of five days price per dose is a shade under 20 bucks is a for-profit you bet your ass doses by the end of 2020 they believe about 50 million okay listen 95 percent is a very good rate the Moderna one technology messenger RNA the efficacy 95% 95% storage temperature, a little bit better, negative four. Shelf life about a month, price per dose anywhere between $32 to $37. For profit, yes. Doses by the end of 2020, they estimate $20 million. All right, now AstraZeneca is putting out um, a virus that's typical 
of, you know, all of the modern viruses we have, right? Their virus is based on a time-tested technology that employs a harmless cold virus, right? Often called adenovirus. That is genetically modified to stimulate an immune response against said virus. Okay, so you use a little bit of um, you use a little bit of the virus to trigger your immune system to attack that virus, a weakened form of the virus. All right. Now, the efficacy on this virus is anywhere between 62 to 90 percent. Okay, storage temperature. 36 percent to 46 percent shelf life about six months price per dose three to four dollars is it for profit is for profit after the pandemic ends doses by the end of 2020 an estimated 200 million i'm gonna just tell you this if the government's giving out the virus the government always chooses the contractor that costs the government the least money good bad or otherwise all right so I don't know. With this information, I don't know if I'm taking a virus, if I'm getting a virus. And you probably don't either. I'm going I'm I, listen, I'm going to wait until I see which virus Magic Johnson is getting. Excuse me, which vaccine Magic Johnson is getting. I'm waiting for that. Magic seems like he has great tastes in in vaccines. Magic going to live to be 137 years old. Everybody going to die before Magic. Think about the niggas that done died before Magic. I'm taking Magic's virus. That's the virus that I'm taking. You know what I'm saying? Um, I, I, I don't know who's going to be... I, I, I don't know if or how we're going to have a choice in which virus we are taking. I mean, virus, I keep saying it. Which vaccine we are taking. Just because of the side effects. People are like, yo... I, my mom, me and my mom had this conversation over Thanksgiving and uh, she was asking me about the side effects of these vaccines. And I'm like, my, the side effects is coronavirus, nigga. Like, I don't understand. That's the side effect. What What more do you, you know what I'm saying? Fail, you got, you got, you got the Rona. Uh, that's a good enough side effect for me. But I'm not sure who's going to be in, in charge. Again, I believe, based off what I know about the federal government, that they're going to choose the least expensive option, which may or may not be the best. Um, so that immediately made me look or pay more attention to who Joe Biden is picking to work in his White House. Right. We're, we're moving to some semblance of order, some semblance of what America used to be. Uh, seems like the current president is willing to concede that he, in fact, lost. Um, and we're going to move on. Right. So, um, Biden's chief of staff is a man named Ron Klain. Don't know who this Ron Klain guy is. Right. But the, but, but his position sets overall direction of the white house on behalf of the president. All right. Now, Ron Klain is a lawyer and longtime aide to president elect Joe Biden, repeatedly serving with him during Biden's tenure in the Obama administration, the Senate and past presidential campaigns. Klain notably worked as Biden's first chief of staff when he was vice president, then oversaw the White House response to the Ebola epidemic in 2014. Outside of the government, Klain was the executive vice president and general counsel for the investment firm Revolution. Uh, I am reading this from NPR.org. It was a great week in the market after Janet Yellen was announced as um, uh, the Treasury Secretary. Right? Um, 
His deputy chief of staff is is a is a lady named Jen O'Malley Dillon. Right. And uh, this this person helps run day to day operations of the White House staff. Um, Ms. O'Malley Dillon joined Biden's campaign in March after managing Beto O'Rourke's primary bid. She's a veteran of seven presidential campaigns and a former executive director of the Dem- of the Democratic National Committee. Right. Uh, counselor to the president provides strategic advice to the president. This is a man named Steve Ricchetti. No picture. Steve Ricchetti was Biden's second chief of chief of staff when he was vice president, a longtime aide to Biden. Ricchetti was a deputy chief of staff to former President Bill Clinton during the George W. Bush era. Ricchetti worked as a lobbyist. There's a lot of criticisms going on about how um, this Joe Biden campaign will be uh, uh, his administration, his presidency will be a lot like Barack Obama's whose presidency and administration was a lot like Bill Clinton's. I don't know that to be true. I don't know that to be an insult either for Joe Biden. Um, I think that if Joe Biden has the level of success in the White House that Barack Obama's had, uh, we're extremely happy with Joe Biden. I, I I think that I think that if I mean, I mean, whether you're a fan of Joe Biden or whether you're not a fan of Joe Biden, I think that you're happy. With that. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, like, I mean. Just like we were happy with Obama. Right. How, how you know, uh, some people will say Barack Obama ran his campaign, ran his White House, much like like Bill Clinton did as a country we were happy with Clinton a lot of people made a lot of money with Clinton right we, and and you know we didn't really figure out all of the negative things that Bill Clinton did until after the fact right we got Barack Obama that's running around like bre- breakfast club and people's like oh man they you know asked him about what he did for black people and that uh, yeah man Barack Obama's highly intelligent and he's a damn politician I don't understand why we give a shit about what he got to say or his book or anything. I don't, I'm just, I don't, I, I mean, I don't, I've never had an interest in watching an interview with Barack Obama after he became president. Right. National security advisor is a guy named Jake Sullivan. Jake Sullivan sounds like a cop name. I just want to say that. Um, top advisor to the, to the president on national security policy and related discussions. Jake Sullivan was a national security advisor to Biden during the Obama administration. He was also deputy chief of staff to former secretary of state Hillary Clinton. Sullivan was a lead negotiator in talks that led to the Iran nuclear deal. Um, Director of Public Engagement, Cedric Richmond. Cedric looks like a brother or what is considered a black man. Here we go. Provides coordination between the White House and organizations, coalitions, and other public groups. Of course, you get a nigga for that role. Cedric Richmond is a five-term Louisiana congressman and former chairman of the Congressional Black Caucus. He served on multiple committees and worked on criminal justice reform legislation. Richmond co-chaired Biden's campaign. He will serve as the senior advisor to Biden in addition to being director of the Office of Public Engagement. I got a serious question. And I'm probably not going to read through all of these names. Um, you can please uh, at, at, at your leisure, leisure check out uh, Elena Moore's um, article on the Biden administration on NPR.org. Uh, my question is, 
how come whenever we tout accomplishments uh, or supposed, you know, accolades and things that we've done as a means of progress for black Americans, it's about some criminal justice reform. Like that implies that all niggas is criminals. Like, what about the black people that ain't criminals that have still been violated by our government? What, 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 what do they get? Like criminal justice reform is such it's just that's just so lazy. You might as well said nothing. You might as well said that this fucking Cedric, uh, uh, this dude did nothing. Served on multiple communities and worked on criminal justice reform legislation. Like what? What what did he what, what did he do? What what did, what 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 legislation was reached? What laws were passed? What policy was enacted? What changes happened as a result of this criminal justice reform? What was reformed? There was a lot of people that said a lot of things were going to happen as a result of this presidency, as a result of this election. Um, A lot of people were convinced and coerced to vote for a man that they didn't quite believe in. And now the criticism is, yo, like, I can't believe you actually want to get something for your vote. I am glad that people want to get something for their vote. I'm just saying, based off the names that I read off and the rest of these names, right? The rest of these names and the rest of these images and the rest of these pictures that I am looking at. Hey, this this is looking like we're going back to business as usual as a country. All right. Even office linebacker Simone Sanders. Did all that work for Biden. And much of it was good work. And she's rewarded by not working in the White House. Hey, you got to go work for the black vice president. Go go fucking sister girl your way over there. So even though. Right. We have a, a, a black vice president, a black female vice president for the first time ever. Where's the black women that work on his staff? In leadership roles. Right. What. What is black patriarchy and toxic masculinity that's perpetrated by black men doing? To prohibit Simone Sanders from her rightful position of working in Joe Biden's White House. What did what did what did black guys do to stop her from getting there? What what did you know what I'm saying? What what more can we do to help her get there? Right? Where everybody's really excited about getting back to some normalcy as a country. A normal wasn't working. Normal still wasn't right. Um, but yeah, I don't, I, I, I don't like this list at all. I don't, I, I, I don't like these people. I don't know these people. I don't like how you got to click the show more drop down and it tells you more. Um. Louisa Terrell, I have no idea who Louisa Terrell is. 
Uh, Terrell's also worked for consultants McKinsey and Company, Yahoo and Facebook. Um, Kathy Russell, uh, State Department Ambassador on Global Women's Issues in the Obama administration, worked as Jill Biden's Chief of Staff. Jill, not Joe, Jill. Um, Dana Remus uh, was general counsel to President Biden's to Biden's presidential campaign campaign, served as general counsel for the Obama administration in the Obama White House, um, previously taught law at the University of North Carolina School of Law and clerked for Supreme Court Justice Samuel Alito. Uh, Julissa Reynoso Pantaleon. Um, ambassador to Uruguay, as well as Deputy Assistant Secretary of State for the Western Hemisphere during the Obama, also a partner at the law firm of Blase Blase Blah. This is more of the same. Um, this, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't. I'm not too excited, but I wasn't too excited anyway. All right. Um, that's all I got about about that. That's it. I don't know what else to say about Joe Biden's uh, administration so far. Um, I still maintain that it is early. And I'm being I'm trying to be optimistic, even though deep down inside, I, I am not. I'm trying to be optimistic about what this man can do, about what this man is going to do. Um, and yeah, we'll see. We'll, we'll see again. He hasn't even been elected president yet. It's hard for me. To, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to keep my critiques in, um, but you know, we still need some shit to talk about. Um, ladies and gentlemen, I thank you. Right. We just, I mean, I mean, this is, this is the end of our Thanksgiving weekend. And uh, what would have been the beginning of a traditional holiday season if this was a traditional holiday season? Um, I think that one thing that we could take away from this year, from everything that has happened this year, is that we came into 2020 thinking about all of the things that we were going to gain and all of the things that we were going to acquire. And 2020 has smacked us and humbled us in a way where we need to be extremely grateful for the things that we have. Um, I hope that you guys had a, a healthy and safe Thanksgiving. I was extremely happy, uh, extremely happy and grateful when I seen that my timeline wasn't out here bugging, y'all Thanksgiving wasn't crazy, you know, 40 something niggas in the house and shit. It wasn't nothing like that. I'm sure there are some people that did it that way and more power to those people. Um, my shit was quiet with some family and it was awesome. I had a great time. A lot of laughs, a lot of jokes, a lot of alcohol, a lot of love. And every week, it seems like we lose somebody that is, I mean, a, a, a complete legend. I mean, Diego Maradona, God damn it. 
right? I mean, just add that to the list of legends that we lost this year that started with us losing Kobe Bryant. Right, from the, you know, the Chadwick Bozeman's. I mean, I mean, this this just, I mean, crushing loss after crushing loss. And And we're still here. You should be proud of that. Okay? And as we progress and as we march towards 2021, you should look at 2021 in a way, hey, what am I going to do to make 2021 better for me? I think that's something that everybody should be doing. Figuring out a way to make this work for you. Because the federal government, Joe Biden, all of these people, as well-intentioned as they might be, they ain't going to do it for you. All right? Kevin Hart ain't going to do it for you. Okay? The, the people that vote for the Grammy committee and all that, they're not, they not doing it for you. All right? Um... I thank you, America, for listening to this podcast. I thank all of you that that rock with us, that have been rocking with us. Um, what's up to all of the new listeners? I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Um, go back and check out some of the older shit. Uh, just don't be sensitive if you hear some things that you don't like because uh, uh, we talk that shit over here and we keep it funky. And um, that's all I got. Please stay safe. Please take care of one another. And if you can't take care of one another, God damn it, take care of yourself, man. Uh, I'm going to talk to y'all next week. And uh, y'all take it easy. Thank you so much for being here. Subscribe, rate, and comment. Stay safe, everybody. I'll talk to y'all soon. Yeet it!